This programme is funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee. Um, I'm okay on computers, but my husband would be fixing the computers before I would be. But I'm I'm running the digitalisation programme and I think that shows you that... um, if you can work with people and build a trust and build relationships and and develop your your skills around all of that, you can you can run any team. Hello, I'm Maria Staunton and I'm Mary Costello, and this is Making It, the show that reveals the true stories of Mayo's women in business, from top executives to artists to female founders to those providing essential services in our local towns. Stay with us for the next 20 minutes and who knows, you might hear the advice or inspiration you need to get your own dream off the ground. Hi, I'm Mary Costello. Welcome to Making It. Now, a lot of our guests are entrepreneurs who've written their own job descriptions. And this week's guest is no different, except that she's not an entrepreneur. This week, I'm talking to Louise Foody, Director of Digital and Brand at Kingspan Group. And in 2017, she was named one of the 25 most powerful women in Ireland. Louise is a Clare Morris native. So before we get into her career, I asked her to tell me about her upbringing. Oh, absolutely delighted to do that and lovely to talk to you here today. Yes, I am very proud to say that I am from Clermaris and wherever I go all over the world, I always meet Mayo people, whatever it is that we seem to like to travel. Um, I grew up on the Bal Road. Um, my dad was a, a teacher there in St. Coleman's and a, a lot of people would know him around the town and my mom, uh, Sean and Mary Foodie. And I had a wonderful upbringing and enjoyed everything that Clamaris had to offer. And I was actually in a meeting there a couple of months ago and I somebody I hadn't met in a very long time. And he said to me, Louise, I met a lot of people from Clamaris and I've known you a very long time. And you came into my mind because now I know why you're all so successful down there, whatever it is that's in the air. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And you have a BA in international commerce and Italian. Why did you choose to do commerce in the first place? Yeah, I guess I was lucky enough in the sense that business was always something that I was very interested in from a very young age. And not that long ago, somebody was asking me, what games did you like to play as a kid? And I thought it was a very interesting question. And I said, you know, things like Monopoly and Hotel, and they seem to have this kind of business angle to it that I didn't even realize till I kind of reflected back on it. But I clearly always had an interest in that type of thing, if it was even the games I was interested in. Louise's first job in sales came early, at the age of 13, helping on a stall in Knock, selling souvenirs. And her first management position came soon after, in Tran year. When I was in transition year, we had the opportunity to set up a mini company. So... I guess the business person in me was like biting at the chop to have a go at this. And we were interviewed for the roles and responsibilities and who was going to take what position. And lo and behold, Louise was the general manager. (laughs) So I was biting at the chop to get going at this. And 
it was just an amazing experience. And I remember negotiating with Sister Regina, um, who was our teacher of home economics at the time, and she was trying to convince me to spend more time with her on we were making and sewing these objects and i was like i have no time for this i need to be running my company and i managed to talk myself out of not going to her class all year and you know i kind of regret that now because i wouldn't be much use at sewing anything and i often think back on that you know maybe there was a lesson in doing something a bit more balanced there but within the company, then we called ourselves Manic Idols. And I, I remember it so clearly because it definitely, for me, was the beginning of an experience that I still live by today. I still live in that world of general management and managing things. And when I look back at that person versus me now, like I suppose the biggest difference is um, I tried to do everything myself. So as you get experience, you realize that that strategy isn't going to work. So you get better at the at trusting people and building your teams and that, whereas I would have taken a lot of that stuff on and it had to be my way and I had a way of doing it. But After her degree in NUIG, she joined a master's programme at the Smurfit Business School. Each participant was assigned a role in the group and Louise's job was to scout for recruitment opportunities. I was investigating all these different companies and Kerry groups and um, Borbia, and there was all these options there to look at. And after this was 2004, 2005, so Ireland was booming. Um, the job opportunities were, there was just every corner you turn and the big retail, Aldi and, and those guys were doing big, huge recruitment at the time. But um, Kingspan was launching their first graduate program. So I announced this in the class and I spoke about the interviews were coming up in a couple of weeks. And this was the application process. And I entered myself and I don't <laughs> did. Did I think at the time, even when I was going for the interview, that I would be here kind of 15 years later um, as as a director in the company and uh, really, you know, embedded into into life there. Um, it was just there was something about the people who interviewed me, Mary, and the culture there that it just felt like somewhere I would like to work. And um, the fact that it was construction materials company maybe in my in the back of my mind there was something there the fact that i had grown up in a house where my dad was a construction teacher and i had been on building sites and the other side of it was you know there was there's just something interesting about buildings and i i can't say that that was the thing that set me off on that journey i think it was more the internationalization of the business and the idea that, you know, someday we might be in America and now nearly 30 percent of our, our business in Kingspan is in the Americas as it happened. But it was that kind of growth um, that excited me. So I applied. I got the job. I was the actually the only one in my class that that did get 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 on that graduate program as it happened. And I think also the fact that it was the first graduate program, there was something kind of I was thinking, oh, I could go in there and maybe shape some of this and see what happens. And um, and that I guess I, I, I did as it happened. And um, I've had a, a really nice career there so far. And one of the things that attracted Louise to a career with a multinational was the excitement of travel. 
So although, you know, doing local work in your local town and selling and marketing things like it is no different doing that in New York or Toronto or Milan or wherever it might be. It's all the same principles. But I don't know, I just get some sort of buzz out of exploring all of that culture and watching it unfold in, in, in the different countries and I actually relocated to Canada for for over five years and I spent that time in Toronto from 2007 um, onwards and I actually relocated back to Ireland uh, in 2011 when a lot of people were were going that way which was was quite interesting. Was that a big decision then to decide you know what I'm going to I'm going to head home? Yeah I think the big decision was you know sometimes you you hear the words like going back home, right? Or going back to wherever. And it might sometimes feel like it's a step back, right? Because we use that term. So that used Mm -hmm. to enter my head, oh, am I going backwards instead of forwards? Because when you were moving country to country or going to places, it always felt forward moving. Now, in fairness, I missed very little family events because I always made it a priority and I was always lucky enough to be able to come home. But I just wanted to be there for all of those things. I didn't want to miss the christenings. I didn't want to miss the birthday parties. And I just wanted to be around that and had established myself enough career wise that I had the confidence enough to, you know, stay in my job and progress. And and I you know, spoke to the guys in the company and I was like, look, I want to go back. And if there's a career opportunity, I'll jump with it. And yes, of course, there was and got a, a very interesting job and absolutely no regrets. It was OK. There's a couple of great decisions I made in my life, but that was definitely one because um, I can't think of anywhere in the world I would rather live. Fantastic. It's great to hear that, uh, Louise, because, you know, sometimes after traveling the world like that, you just wonder, am I making the right path? And we'll we'll say for a work-life balance. So what would your three tips be, we'll say, you know, um, busy, busy lady running several businesses, several different countries. So how do you come down or wind down or what would you do that takes you away from all that? Yeah, I think the most important part of 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 answering that would be to make sure you don't get too wound up you know like this idea of winding down right and for years I would have been wound up I guess is the is the term where you have to wind back down like when I think of you know running trade shows in Chicago or launching products in Moscow or wherever we might be right of course there's an adrenaline rush with all that stuff it's incredibly exciting um, you're, you know, meeting people, you're, you're out doing, you know, progressive things for the organization and for yourself. So na- there is a natural, um, you know, uh, cr- um, high with all of that, right? But to manage that, really, the best thing is to try and take those things in your stride. Take the good and the bad and the falls and the good things that happen you like as as calmly as you possibly can. Now, I am a person, and you probably know from, from talking to me here, is like, I get excited about things. So I have to manage that, like in the sense of, okay, you know, <laughs> there's, there's, there's whatever hours in the day and these things will need to get done. And, um, you know, just trying to to, to balance that with, a, with your mindset. I think a huge amount of this is the mindset. So you can approach a meeting or a situation or a launch or whatever it might be and 
not to try and get too carried away with the positivity and try to then on the other side not get too carried away when things go wrong. And it's kind of that balanced mindset, I think, is something I have kind of practiced over the years. So how does that balanced mindset translate into leading a team? Louise now manages a large number of people across several countries. What's the key to that, especially now that it's all remote? Um, I think the biggest thing is trust. So, you know, we have to have trust between me and the team and the team amongst themselves. And that's huge, right? Because then they're, you, I'm taking the fear away from them. And I think fear is a lot of people's problems in their working life and, you know, probably in their mm-hmm. in a lot of personal life as well, that you have fear of maybe making a decision. So building that trust between us that and their confidence in themselves is enormously important. Um, like I run a digitalization team now, right? And I am not a techie at all. I'm like a sales and marketing person and we kind of talked about that earlier, but I'm running the digital transformation at Kingspan, which in most organizations would be a technologist. It would be kind of a, a chief information officer type role. Um, but I was asked to do this role for my leadership skills. I said, okay, right, I'll go in and, and, and I'll figure it out. Um, you know, I would joke with them that, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at PowerPoint. I'm not brilliant at it. Um, I'm okay on computers, but my husband would be fixing the computers before I would be. But I'm, I'm running the digitalization program. And I think that shows you that um, if you can work with people and build a trust and build relationships and and develop your your um your skills around all of that you can you can run any team kingspan has always been at the forefront of the construction industry when it comes to innovation our digital vision is no different it is a bold ambition that empowers our people to drive a world-class customer experience. When we hear the word construction, sometimes, you know, we may think, oh, we, we associate it with men or the males, you know. Mm-hmm. But in, in 2020, the proportion of women in senior management roles globally was 29%. So what do you think it is? Or how did you push through and excel in your career? And do you have any tips or something that you could share maybe with other women who might be starting out or thinking they're early, they're early in their careers now? Yeah, no, absolutely. And when you talk there about the the construction industry, I completely would agree with your um, observation there. And, you know, people think the construction industry is boring as well. It's like, Jesus, men and hard hats. And you think, you know, it has that kind of stigma with it as well. Um, But I'm sure most people in the country um, are tuned into Room to Improve or um, Grand Designs. Like, you know, buildings and homes are are kind of exciting things. But yes, they are traditionally very male dominated. And um, I actually, um, I guess I'm proud to say this, I was the first female director in Kingspan. How did I get there? Did I map that out? Absolutely not. Um, It just, I guess it just happened through progression. But did I see myself as different to others? No. Did I use my, the fact I was a female as an advantage? No. Um, I was just myself. And it seemed to 
it seemed to work, you know. I didn't, I never, I never saw myself as different to the guys. And maybe, maybe that was the, the answer I'm looking for as I'm talking to you here. I saw myself as, as an equal, if not more. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember we did a, a management course over in um, Switzerland a couple of years ago. And um, I remember being in the room at the end of the Friday thinking to myself, yeah, I have, I am, I have everything here that any of these guys have, the top people in our organisation. For someone so brimming with positivity and self-confidence, is there anything that scares Louise Foodie? I suppose um, what scares me would be that someday, you know, the excitement of life could uh, kind of... um, the excitement of life could not feel like it currently does because you think you've achieved all these things. And it's like, how do you keep yourself excited? And someone asked me not that long ago, do you still have the fire? I told them I was in 15 years uh, working and they were like, and do you still have the fire? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, really? And I was kind of thinking, is that not what people have? Right. So, it's, yeah. you know, I've not been excited mm. about things. Um, and, and, and I hope that doesn't happen. Um, and I suppose I, I keep myself interested in things. So I can imagine if I was in the same job all the time, someone like me, I would have been, that fire might have might have kind of burned away. Mm. Um, but I keep interesting things to do. So interesting projects, interesting jobs. I've never had a job in Kingspan that existed before. So every single job I've been in, I, I've created or they've created it for me or we've collectively, I don't know how that happened, but that is a fact. Uh, so there was never a job description of any job I've been in. I've um, I've kind of wrote those job descriptions and I stayed there for a couple of years and I set things up and that excites me, setting things up and um, being involved in things. So I try and keep myself interested in that, whether it's talks in schools or whatever it is that I might be doing, that I that stuff that I get a little bit of a kick out of, I keep making sure that I do that. So even talking to you here today, I can feel, you know, a little bit of excitement yeah. that it's it's nice to reflect on that stuff and... and um, and, and talk to you. And who has been your greatest female inspiration? Oh, I would have to say the presidents of Ireland. Like, that's a very easy one for me to answer. Like Mary Robinson, Mary McAleese. When I look back at those women and what they did in the times that they did it, I think it's absolutely just off the charts. Um, particularly Mary Robinson the, in the years where she where she was, you know, another a male woman, and I, I proudly say that. Um, and I just think she is, was herself. She's always herself and still is absolutely herself. And, you know, um, I know she was an era pre-social media and pre-all of that, but you'll go a long way before you'd meet somebody to say something bad about her. Yeah. So I just think really, really inspiring people who, um, you know, made huge ground. And the lovely thing I would say about both of those women is never made a big deal about it. It's just who they are. And that's yeah. the piece I really admire. And it's a trait that I, I, I try to live by myself. You've been listening to Making It. Thanks a million to my guest this week, Kingspan's Louise Foodie. 
Join our community on Facebook to share your own experiences and questions with us, our guests and other listeners. Just search for Making It Mayo on Facebook. You can also email us at makingitmayo at gmail.com or tweet us at makingitmayo. This show was recorded remotely for Clamoris Community Radio. Find more fascinating local stories at ccr946.ie. I'm Mary Costello. Until next time, thanks for listening. This programme is funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.